podcast is brought to you by EJA Services, a moving company located out of the Utica, Rome area, but servicing all of Central New York and beyond. Let's face it, moving can be stressful. Relax and let the reliable movers take care of tasks for you. From antiques to electronics to home decor items, they have the experience and the equipment to ensure your items will arrive at their destination unblemished and on time. They can move everything from your apartment, condominium, townhouse, single-family home, or office with ease. Competitively priced movers in Utica, New York. Again, they service all of something New York beyond. Moving help, relocation services, office moves, complete packaging services, unpacking, loading services. You know what? Maybe you bought some new items for your office or your home. Shouldn't have to stress about that because they can deliver those things too. Contact their moving and delivery specialist to help you have the new furniture, art, piano, items delivered. Visit their office at 9772 River Road in Marcy, New York, or call them at 315-335-0516. That's 315-335-0516. Or go to their website, ejamoving.com, and tell them that Just Joe sent you. Me just jumping in here just to remind you, just to remind you that the Royal Auto Group and Jason Allen are a sponsor of this amazing podcast. Thank you, Jason. RoyalAutoGroup.com. That is RoyalAutoGroup.com. The Just Show podcast is brought to you by Advantage Hardwood Floors. And my good friend, Charlie, when it comes to hardwood floors, nobody better in the central New York area than him. He's been doing it his entire life. I mean, entire life. You've walked on floors that he's probably done. You've seen floors. You've seen basketball probably played on those floors. You just ripped up some carpet in your house, realized you got these beautiful hardwood floors underneath it. You want to make them look good? Call Charlie. Call Charlie at 315-463-0674 or at Advantage Hardwood Floors at gmail.com episode 54 five four i don't know five and four makes nine welcome to the just joe podcast welcome back to another week with me your host joe altier joseph donald altier uh joseph no real significance uh my parents just like the name donald being significant uh, as as named after my grandfather, middle names. And I have two older brothers. Um, first one is Michael Anthony, uh, which my dad's name was Anthony Michael, so they just flipped it around, Michael Anthony. Uh, so my he's named after my dad, quote unquote, middle name. Uh, my brother is Christopher Paul, uh, Paul being my uncle, my mom's brother. Uh, so he's named after him and me, Joseph Donald, after my grandfather Donald. Baxter. So Joseph Donald Altier, my full name. I don't know why I'm disclosing that. I say weird stuff sometimes in the middle of the intro. I just kind of go with it. So episode 53, I have my good friend Prisca on. I met Prisca through the wonderful world of Twitch. There's a lot of these guests I'm having on here. Um, are I've met through this amazing network of people. I don't even know. When we stumbled down to Prisca, I think we was watching, there's a band that we watch out of Atlanta called the Risky Biscuits. And they were one of the bands we stumbled upon early on in Twitch streaming, a uh, full band, uh, amazing group of, of guys and gals. And they had someone sitting in by the name of Prisca. And I was like blown away by her voice, uh, her musical ability. And then she started streaming on her own, um, Prisca has had one heck of a career. I'm actually going to look it up right now because I'm not, I wasn't prepared. 
because I should have had all this stuff, but I'm going to give you a preface as to what she has done in her career. Um, she has done quite a bit. She has done quite a bit. She has been, here it is. Here, here's vandalism. Vandalism? That's actually a fucking site? Vandalism. <laughs> oh, that's an interview that she did. Um, she's a Atlanta-based musician. Um, I know one of the things that she has done is sang for Ben Folds. Ben Folds did a solo tour. She was one of the singers on Ben Folds' tour. Uh, she has worked with multiple um, artists. She was on stage with Kelly Clarkson at one point. Uh, and has and, and worked with a couple of different touring bands. We'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, a very accomplished songwriter and just a, a downright amazing human being and hustler like myself. I think I like bringing on these like working class musicians instead of like, hey, let's bring the guy that has millions of records on his wall, which I've had. But at the same time, I like to, to, to take a deep dive in all this so you guys can see what it's like to meet some others like me. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the one and only Prisca. Oh, hello. Hello there. Hey. Hey. Uh, I've, never <laughs> heard, I've never heard the yes, Jess. Did you say yes, Jess? I haven't. I just made it up. <laughs> good, that's good makeup because I've always i been saying that ready, Freddie, for years. And I, say it, I have too. I say it to my daughter all the time. All right, you ready, Freddie? You know. Yeah. She goes, like, I'm not ready. She goes, no, she did for a while, but she goes, roll with it now. And she goes, yes, spaghetti. She answers, but spaghetti. Oh, yes, spaghetti. Oh, that's cute. <clears throat> so I did the little intro of like who you are, how we met, and like a very like brief part of what like you've done. Cause I feel yeah. like I'm like, man, I'm sitting here going, I don't even know everything that she's done. She's done a lot. <laughs> and I know a few yeah. things and I hope I said them right. Cause I know you, you, you sang with, um, you sang with Ben Folds, right? You were, went on tour with him. Yeah. You were his, like, were you like the singer or the, I was a, one of his background singer? Yeah. You're your background singer. And then, and then I'm like, she's, she's, um, like, she's been with Mark Martell and, and you're yeah. on stage with Kelly Clarkson <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so we, so, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty it's, cool stuff. Yeah. Cool yeah stuff do, do you ever sit there and think that like every once in a while you're like, <clears throat> man, you, like you get down on yourself or you're like, you're just having one of those days as a creative, just like, man, nothing I'm doing is never. Really <laughs> <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Tell me about this. But, but no, then, but, the, but then especially you, after the high, oh, especially yes. after those like high one off, you know, um, cause the Kelly Clarkson thing was a one-off and, and she, I'm so grateful that she chose me. She, um, really yeah, go, fought for go, me go, to, go, go back and how, how did that all come about? Let's start with that at least, you know? Yeah. Um, it was really interesting. I actually had put out a cover of a Kelly Clarkson song off of her new record, um, that, uh, Sia actually wrote. And when I listened to the record, I was like, oh, that's going to be a really popular song. Like, that's really good. So I did a cover of it with my friend and we put it out. And then I ended up like subscribing to her Facebook um, because I wanted to like spread it out or whatever and just spread it to her fans. And then because I was subscribed to her Facebook, I saw this post about her doing this thing called Open Mic Night. And you know me, like, 
like when we do open mic nights when we were like back when we were starting out it's like a grimy place with like everybody's talking <laughs> and you're singing in the corner and no one's listening you can hear the coffee thing grinding in the background like in your a smoothie, like, a smoothie oh. being made and you know you smell brownies <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah. like open mic night is like oh that doesn't sound very appealing right so i got um so I just submitted this thing, just submit like a link and um, your city and that's it. And I forgot about it for like the longest time. <laughs> um, and I, I went on tour uh, on the West Coast and um, and then the day after I or the day I got back, I was just looking through some of my emails and it was like, yeah, open mic night thing. I was like, no, thanks. And I delete this email. Like, okay. what is open mic night? Like, I don't do open mic nights. No, thanks. And then I'm like, wait, what? I have an inkling to just look in my trash and just read that email again. Like, what was that? <laughs> and in the fine, and I don't know why I never do that. I never go back into my trash and read anything. And at the bottom of the email, it said Team Kelly. And I was like, who's Kelly? And then I realized what it was. And I sent it to my manager at the time. And he was like, who's Kelly? And I was like, dude, Kelly Clarkson. He was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, will you be in town in tomorrow <laughs> for the show? <laughs> and they want, she wants you to do the open mic night thing. She wants you to do one song. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm assuming that it's like me doing this open mic night thing in the daytime before her show starts at Lakewood Amphitheater. Aaron's Amphitheater is like 20,000 people. So I'm going to be playing next to a merch booth while people are talking in a smoothie machine right. is going on. You know what I mean? Like the, that's the, what the, I think the of. The realistic <laughs> things of what most of us have experienced. Like, yeah, right. this is exactly what Right. But then you got to think about it. It's Kelly Clarkson's open mic night. So what does that mean to her? She was pregnant at the time. She was touring. And so she wanted to put a little love into the city. And so she really fought for me to have that position. And so what she did in the middle of her set, as she was the headliner, in the middle, she said, I'm going to bring out somebody that you guys should know and hear about. And it's Prisca, and she's going to sing a song for you. I'm just going to chill back here. So they gave me the option of playing with her band or not. And I was like, uh, duh. And uh, it was just really beautiful. If I knew I could have played an original song, I would have. But I didn't know. I thought it had to be the song that I had submitted. But it was still really, really beautiful. And I've gained a lot of like really cool fans from that. And she showed me so much love. And she said something to me at the end that was just like really inspiring to me. Because um, she's like, I really want to hear your album when it comes out. When is it coming out? And I thought my album was coming out that year um, with the team that I was working with. And it was actually not the case. And I didn't know that. And I said that to her on stage. And it lit a fire in me when I found out that it wasn't coming out. And I was like, well, Kelly Clarkson wants to listen to it. And all these other people want to listen to it. I got to make it. So I ended up shifting my team and recording a whole new album that's actually coming out this year, which is my debut album. So... Yeah. So wait a minute. You've like she, never had like a proper debut record yet? No. What, what the fuck? How have, you, how have you made it this fucking far doing everything you've done? And I've, I've, I assumed you probably had three or four records. That's not my fault. That's not my fault. That is no, my fault for, for not going down the rabbit hole a little further. I just assumed. I know. I mean, you'd, you'd think like with some of the accolades that I have that I would have albums out. Now, technically I do, but they're just under people's names. I've been writing for other people for over a decade. Huh. I've been writing other hits for other artists and other songs that, that have like skyrocketed their careers. So I've been helping other people achieve their dreams. And at that moment that, you know, Kelly had me join her on stage, I realized that like, yo, I got to fight for me. I have to fight for my time and my space because I am good enough 
to be on the stage with the greats. And so I'm just going to push and, you know, refurbish what I'm doing and pick my best songs that I've kept for myself over the years. And that's what I've done. And I've created a beast of an album with uh, uh, Billy Hume, who is a legendary uh, producer and mixing engineer. And uh, so that project's going to be coming out this year. I don't have a date for it yet. Um, so the, COVID kind of shifted everything, but so this yeah. is going to be like, well, I mean, everybody didn't know who the hell Chris Stapleton was, right? He had some other projects right. and writing for right. all these people. And, and then he put out the traveler and now he's Chris Stapleton. Maybe, right. maybe exactly. it's your turn. Maybe it's your turn. girl. My turn, baby. No, I think so. And I think this music really resonates with, um, listeners and it's the best work that I've ever done. And Billy said that it's the best work that he's ever done. And that's saying a lot for the both of us. So, you know, this is my debut record and it feels weird saying that because I've had to push my project off, um, to make other people's dreams come true. And it's my time to have my dream. So yeah, that's what I, I'm doing. I thought we were going to be jumping ahead in the story, but honestly, this is actually the Perfect start. And it all started with some, <laughs> and, and, and you think about it, like you, you get those weird, you get those weird emails. I got a weird email like that once. Like I put up a video one time I woke up hungover. I just gotten like, I just moved out. My ex and I were going through our divorce. I put up a video yeah. of me hungover one morning playing a Chris Stapleton song when he put out either way. And I heard it and I woke yeah. up that morning hungover at a gig later that day. My apartment looks like there's nothing on the walls. It looks it yeah. looks very desolate, and yeah. I'm, I was looking rough, and I just put up a video and I posted it on YouTube and didn't think of it for like real. years, right? Just oh, yeah. fuck, I put it up and <laughs> put it up. Like yeah. some people viewed it, and then one day, a couple of years after that, I get this weird email, you know, like uh, the voice, you know, something from the voice with an urgent like question mark yeah. next to it the voice audition and i'm like ah, it's one of those fucking hey you know blah 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 try out for i probably signed up for some email years ago and forgot about it and they're just yeah. sending me some shit to hey come try out in birmingham alabama for the the season's right. voice and i open it and it was like all this confidentiality thing going on around it and i'm like okay this looks a little different and isn't it this uh-huh. guy guy named tobin hyman I'm the executive producer of uh, The Voice. You know, we stumbled upon your either way video and we'd really like to get and you. You're like, here. damn it. I wasn't even looking by that. <laughs> I look like a, I like a, I look like a pile of chew bubble gum. To be honest with you. Maybe they were looking for a pile of chew bubble gum. You yeah. Know? And, and they're like, you know, we want to come, want you to come down to New York city and do a private tryout. You know, you have to keep this confidential. You can't speak of it to anybody, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, it still doesn't seem right. So I called, a manager that I used to have. I'm like, Hey man, I got this email. And he's like, well, tell me about it. And who's this? And he's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's the guy. He goes, I know that that's legit. You might want to respond in whatever, whatever facet he did. So I'm like, I was about to delete it and throw it in there because thought it was garbage. So yeah, we all know, but we don't know because most of the time it is, but you know, every once in a while, something like that, tickles and something tells you your intuition and your intuition told you something that day. And now look at it now. Look yeah. At we've it. got to pay attention to that intuition. I feel like, you know, I'll get a couple of winks from the universe or God or whatever you believe in. And they all come at a place when I am questioning or am fighting some demons. And I'm like, Oh no, wait, I'm on the right track. Yeah. I just got to be ready for the next wink. And I've got to be ready for the next wink and the next one and the next one. And it keeps building up. Yeah. I, I, I hate to 
keep bringing Chris Stapleton up, but there's a few things that he said. There was, oh, yeah. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast and, and it took a while for him. Like Chris doesn't have much of a personality wise. Okay. So he's very laid back, but he was just like kind of getting at Chris. Like, you know, how do you think you ended up where you ended up? And he's like, I don't know. He goes, I saw a door open and I walked through it and I saw another door open. and I just kept walking through the door. Every time a door opened up, I didn't know it was on yeah. the other side, but he just kept walking through the door and I kept walking yeah. through the door. And, and it was yeah, a per- those are the wings. Those are the doors. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it sounds so simple, but like it's dead to fuck on. It's like, that's how you get, to, that's how you get to these opportunities. Like you just keep walking through the door. You don't know what's going to happen, but just keep walking through and eventually you're going to walk through a fucking huge door, you know? Yeah. But that's, that's it. So, so now let's go back. Let's go back. I mean, we're not going to have to, I'm not going to make you retrace your steps since you were born, but like when, when did you like, when did you know, like, this is what I'm going to do? Like, I want to be, I want to be a musician for the rest of my life. I want to want to do this. Was that early mm. on in life or, or, okay. When did you know as a kid and when did you actually take action with that later on in life and be like, yeah, you know what? Fucking, yeah there's a couple of stages, but let's talk about the, the initial one of like, Oh my God, I'm going to grow up and be a rock star. And then the other one of like, okay, I'm going to jump in and I have no idea what's going to happen. The initial one, the initial one. I actually have a diary entry when I was seven years old. Yes. And the handwriting is atrocious. <laughs> but it says, I'm going to be on stage. The audience will sing my songs with me. I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to write songs. And that's what it was. There's a diary entry. I'll try to find it and take a little snapshot of it. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, but no, no I knew- you should. That should be used as like a a, a way to uh, to to ramp up this new record. That could be used. I should know? share some stuff. You're yeah. so right. That get, that, get, that gets people have- interested. But keep going. I don't want to interrupt your story. No, go. No, you're fine. And I also have I also have cassette tapes. I'm looking at them right now from when I was writing songs as a little girl. Um, at, you know, like writing poetry and then just singing melodies over my poetry, like six and seven years old. And then I'm um, inviting friends over and then they would sing. And then now I've got tapes from when I was 13, making up songs. And I still remember the first, <laughs> I still remember the first song I wrote. It was actually like, you know, I grew up in the nineties. So it's like very nineties R and B. But it's like yeah. there's modulations in it and you're like, damn, I think the boys to men could totally sing this song. <laughs> but, you know, early on it was just it was just something that I loved and that I just did. And it's what I thought was just that everybody did. And and to, to move on from that is <clears throat> when I was in high school, I after a choir jumped on the piano and just started showing some of my peers, my songs, and then, uh, or like one of my friends or two of my friends, and then all of a sudden the whole class is surrounding me on the piano, and then my <laughs> teacher's like, play, play in front of the whole class. I was like, okay, uh, yeah, I only have three songs, but these, these are songs I've written on piano because I only know mnemonic keys, you know? And uh, yeah, it was just like, oh, wait, no, wait, you guys can't do this too? Right, right, you guys can't do this too, and the second of all, like, hey, you're, you're looking at me. 
and you like what I'm doing. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm special. <laughs> I'm special. I'm this is different. Special. No, I'm that's a moment. I've got I, something. Yeah, yeah. I had very similar moments. I won't tell the stories, but I have very similar moments where that happened. And it were really around the same time as you're talking about in my life. Yeah. And then when you yeah. do that, like I was just playing for my mom at home. My mom was like, oh, that was so beautiful, honey. And like, of course, your mom's going to tell you that. But like, I had <laughs> never, I never done that in public. And I did it one day in school. And all of a sudden, like, everybody stopped and everyone surrounded me. I'm like, Oh yeah. One, yeah. Okay. This is cool. You're just like, oh, well, once other people are <laughs> in the picture and they're reacting differently, you're like, Oh, well, I guess, yeah, I can believe you and your reactions. <laughs> and then you know, all 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 of you, like I can believe, I can believe it now, you know, because there's people engaging and you're not just in your room by yourself or playing for your mom who always loves everything you do. So, um, so you knew you were onto yeah. something then. So I knew I was onto something, and then um, in in college, um, I um, skipped class a lot to write songs because I was like, "Oh, college is what you figure out what you want to do." <laughs> and uh, my my first year of college is my first time uh, having any sense of freedom, and I mean that because I raised my little brother when I was really young, and you know, I. My mom worked a lot and my stepdad was just locked in the corner doing drugs. And, you know, I just, I had to step up as like a young kid mom, you know? And so when I was in college, I was just like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to be writing music and doing songs because I don't have to take care of anybody. I don't have any responsibilities. And I ended up losing my scholarship and moving down to Atlanta to go to college down here. But the college I went to, didn't have a music program. It was the only college I could go to because my father taught there. And uh, I uh, fought. I had to fight for my time with music because the music department was absolute shitballs. Like, if you walk into a church with three people and you hear that choir, that's what that <laughs> the music yeah. program oh, was. God. And I was like, okay. holy shit, I just went from a full ride at this like dope music school to now this, uh, how am I going to like keep music a part of my life? So yeah. the fight that I had to have at like, you know, 18, 19 years old, that's when I knew that I was going to be doing this for the long haul. Cause I had to fight for my time. I'll give you an example of what I did. There, there was a, it was a private Christian school. So I didn't make too many friends over there. Cause I looked different. I had piercings all in my face. I had different hair, different so, clothes. So you kind of looked like you do now, but even then, so you had that look. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, I always, I've always worn like different clothes and like, I was like punk rock mixed with like classy or I'd wear like tool skirts with a blazer and t-shirts. Like I've always done something totally different and I don't know why hair has always been a different color. My brother was into the punk scene and I want to be cool like him, but I loved Mariah Carey and boys to men and James Taylor. So I was like, how am I going to make this work? Right. Um, and so, yeah, so the main part is, you know, breaking curfew, putting a notebook and a pencil and a pillow in my bag, breaking into the piano hall at this Christian university. Hey, what's up university? I'm the one who broke the door to the case you're listening right now. Um, and statue, I risked my statue of limitations. We're good. Right. 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 It's been over <laughs> 10 years. It's fine. Um, but I broke in every night past for a few stayed there and played music and the piano hall was attached to the offices. So no one was there at midnight. You know what I mean? Right. And so that was my school. I had to fight for my time with music. And so I ended up getting a job at a music store so I could be around other musicians, other people. I met some producers there. 
I passed around my demo to like every producer that came in that I was selling studio monitors to like, <laughs> I just did everything that I could. And then I found a team and worked with them and they're like, well, you write too many songs. So let's go the route of you being a songwriter for other people. And so that's what I did for a long time. And I had some really cool stuff happen being like flown out to different cities all over the you know, U.S. To, to write for other people and hearing your songs and getting opportunities from other artists hearing, singing your songs, whether they got shelved or not, it was just really dope. Yeah, I mean, think about so, this. Um, for, for as many people that are out there doing what you were doing, it's just like the actual music industry. There's a lot of working people and there's the people that cut through and then they end up becoming a, you know, you know a, a huge writer. You know, David Foster right. or someone along those lines, right, you know, Diane right, Warren. Right. But there's a bunch of other people that are out there. And for even for those people, you think about how many songs they had as hits, but how many songs that they wrote that just never saw the light of day or were right. minor hits or they did something for somebody in a realm that no one listens to, but they did. Some right. Like, like that's happened to me. Like I've had, I've had songs that have been like told, like this is a hit and the artist actually cuts the song, but then they go to rehab. And so the album doesn't come out or then, or, or they, right. Oh, they're a coach on the voice. So we can't release the album yet. I'm like, Oh fuck. And then it becomes an old song to them, even though it's new and no one's ever heard it. And you're like, God, I'm so close. I'm like climbing this ladder that just like keeps going and like, wait, where's the end? You know? But I think it's, it's gone a lot of like fire in my belly and it's made me really want this and know that I can do it and know that my music is good and my intuition is right when it comes to writing I just kind of you know what there's a reason why some of these things haven't worked when I've written for other people because it's supposed to fucking work with me doing it for myself absolutely but all of this has been great schooling for right. me no, absolutely. You know, all the, the more you do something like that it's like anything else like you just you're just going to get better at it like um um, yeah, like songwriting is always like, a, like I've never been the person to be able to like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to write a song today. You know, like I, I've always wanted right. to do that. Like I'm going to write a song every day, but I'm one of those people. I'm like kind of waiting for like the, for the heavens to open up and that the light to come yeah, down. I need, I need the heavens. I need the heavens. I can sit down and I can show up for quote unquote work and try to, and try to write a song and that can work. And like, you know, I compare it to like a creative genius. Like you can open that door of euphoria and write, you know, but when the inspiration strikes and you can catch it by the tail and you know that it's happening, whether you're driving or not, you pull over to the side of the road and you put that melody down, you know, that, that wave of inspiration is just so unique. And if you're open to it, by God, it will flow through you like in an insane way. But have so, you, yeah, I definitely have you, have you felt that. that the more you've written, you find it a little bit easier for them moments to happen more often because you're oh, like more yeah. in tune. It's just like anything else. Like the more you do something, the more opportunity that that might happen to you because it's, yeah, you know, I think like with the, with more, the, the more that you write, you create your own type of golden egg door stopper yes. to the realm between you and the creative world. So I always like to see it as this like this door that, is like maybe like 20, 30 feet away, but it's open and you're like, Oh, it's open. The door's open. The inspiration's there. And you're trying to chase it. And you're trying to go get to the door and the door is slowly closing. And sometimes it closes all the way and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, like I can't come up with a bridge. It's, but yeah. then what I've done is be able to like have certain like writing exercises to be able to put a door stopper there. So that creative door is always open. I'm always a tool to the universe to take in these creative moments and turn them into inspiration and song. Yeah. That, so, no, that, yeah. That's amazing. Amazing because there's, there's so many of us 
It kind of like, you know, are some people are just performers. Some people are, you know, are, are in need of yeah, like, I, like, you know, someone like yeah. Elvis, Elvis never fucking wrote a song. I mean, he got songwriting right. credit on some of it, but I think it was because Colonel Tom Parker was like, it's fucking Elvis. He's getting his name yeah. on the song, but he never <laughs> yeah. wrote a goddamn thing, but fucking hey, a dude, lot of he, artists are like that. Now the bigger artists will take cuts of publishing, even if they haven't written the song. But you know, I, I, I agreed to give a part of my publishing up to a bigger artist because of the opportunity, yeah, absolutely. you know, yeah. but I do feel, I feel lucky and so blessed and so happy that I can do all three. I can perform, I can write, and I can sing my ass off. That's awesome. I I like that. That's yeah. That's and that's what it is. You know, I mean, and I got the good I, heart. I got the good heart with it. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, we already talked about Chris, but let's talk about Carol King. You know, Carol King spent oh. all, all those years. You know, I went and I, I knew the scope. I knew the scope of it a little bit more, I guess. <clears throat> well, yeah. But when I went and saw her, she had a Broadway play, and I can't remember what it's called. It might have been just called Carol or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to. See oh my it, god, it's amazing so because amazing. Uh, I didn't. It was like pre-pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. It was right before the pandemic, and I went and saw it here in Syracuse, and and I kind of knew that you know she was obviously written you know Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow and some of these other hits, but you didn't realize Will like right she had, she had to like fight for shit because I mean she was a woman in a man's world at that time yeah back then you know and she was always under the 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 clout of her her on you know her tumultuous marriage with this guy Jerry who was I can't remember his last name he was a successful songwriter and Paul Ank and all that stuff and she wrote and wrote and wrote and had the, all these successful things and then eventually she got away from this horrible fucking abusive relationship and her own insecurities and said, fuck it. I'm going to make my own record. And she fucking released tapestry and just blew tapestry, everybody's yeah. minds. It's like, and then yeah, once I went back and, and then I went, came home from that play that day and I listened, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to listen to that fucking record now with that perspective. And I listened to oh. it and I just cried the entire time. I was like, holy shit. You know? And it kind of reminds yeah. me of a, a, like your journey. You're doing that same thing. You're like, you know what? No, I have, the, I have the ability. She could write a song, but she was a fucking a singer, a songwriter, a yeah. amazing singer and a performer on top of it. And she finally showed the world. And when she did, man, boy, did she show the world. I think it's, it's that fight that has to keep presenting itself. That makes you stronger as an artist. You know, I've been used a lot because I am a nice person and because I am talented. I've had production companies say, Oh yeah, we're going to put out your records. Like, you're who we're focused on. Um, we just need you to write some songs for these people first, and then we'll work on your stuff. Uh, totally, we promise fuck. you. We promise you we're going to do this. Like over like eight or nine years, you know, of this like constant thing. Like, oh, you wrote a whole record. We're going to put it out. Actually, there's this artist that needs a whole entire record, and you already <laughs> wrote this record. So you you write tons of songs. So you know you're going to write more songs. Like you can do better than this. Like these these songs are old to you now. So let's give this to this artist that's going to quit music and get shelved and not be as good as you, but you can watch these things kind of like float. So, you know, it took me a long time because I am very, very, very loyal to step away from companies and, and production companies who, who were really using me and utilizing me and not knowing how to lead and not really knowing what to do with me right. because I can do it all. You know, I can make a lot of money for somebody if they know what to do with me. Right. 
Right. And, and once and, they hear the record, it's over. And you, were, and you were so close to that so many times. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, but I mean, you're, it's nuts. You're, but you're, like that's make it, that makes it so, that makes me want it so much more. No, it makes you appreciate you know? it. Gives, it gives you perspective and it just, it makes you a better artist. And I mean, and honestly, you, you, yeah. learn, you learn more about the businesses, you know, you and I could sit here and trade stories <laughs> of all day of like, you know, empty promises or things that almost happen. But then I think about yeah. it and I think about where I am in my career and how, enjoy, I mean, what I, I do, I wish I was, you know, had more money and more success on some levels and a little more stability under my belt and not have to worry about you know, things sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, man, I really fucking love where I'm at because if I had had those opportunities, I don't think I would have what I have now. And I really love it. Right. And also if we were making all the money we wanted to make, would that make us comfortable or would that make us fight? (laughs) What would it make us, you know? So I know for me, like other opportunities I've had or, our money things coming in or, uh, you know, the universe winking at me, but it may not be the right timing. It's just a sign that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Or maybe that back then, if I would have made the money that I want to make now, I would have know wouldn't have known what to do with it. Yeah. Or done something stupid <laughs> like me. Yeah, if, yeah. I, if I had made money when I thought I was going to make money or become a rock star and I had my record deals and stuff like that, I would have done something really fucking stupid. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm so glad Instagram wasn't around 10 years ago. Oh God. <laughs> Thank God. Like, there's times like when I sit there and talk about it and I tell people about stories that I did, like I was telling somebody a story at the gym today. I'm like, there was a Pantera song on. I'm like, Oh, you know, I sang with these guys in Chicago and I sang this fucking song on a show about stage. You're like, what? Yeah. Is there a video of it? I'm like, no, because it happened in the 2004. Fuck, I know. Yeah, okay. there were cameras. Like, <laughs> fucking, no one had a camera. Like, someone maybe had a, Right. There wasn't even phone Kodak. cameras. Yeah, it was like fucking. <laughs> it was fun. I have pictures that are literally like Polaroid photos from that, but that's it. But, like, nowadays, if that happened, it's just documented by thousands of people. But I didn't. I go, I just, I didn't that. But I go, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't have those moments documented, but fuck, man. Though, during the days when that was my those are my bad days let me just put it that way so like i'm so glad that those things didn't exist because <laughs> that's okay yeah yeah so we're on the right track we're, we're you know we're we're the lucky ones yeah i definitely want to definitely say that louder because there's so many people who want to do what they're passionate about and they either don't have the guts or time or resources to do so. And we're jumpers. We jump into ourselves and things that we dream about and love. And I feel very lucky because of that. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. You know, but so yeah, a new record coming out. Let's go back. How did you get like the, how did, how did you get a fall into the gig with Ben Folds? How did that happen? Was it, you know, one of your magical oh, things? I, it was a phone. <laughs> a phone call. A phone call, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a, a, this guy who had actually sang backup for him because Ben changes the singers like and, and has local singers at all the gigs whenever he does his uh, uh, gigs with orchestras from the cities. And so it's just by word of mouth that, uh, you know, someone asked, like, who the best singer was in Atlanta. And then I, you know, luckily got that call. And and it was cool. I, I did one of the gigs and, and Ben really liked it. And they asked if I would actually learn, like, the alto part for, the, for another gig or if I'd be willing to drive, you know, to Pennsylvania. And I was like, yeah, I've got family in Ohio, so I can do this gig and this gig and this gig. So I followed him for a while and did a bunch of gigs switching between soprano and alto and 
he would always do the Rock This Bitch song, which is, you know, an improv with the audience. And so there was this one time where I got to sing dope harmonies with him. I was like, it's just me and Ben singing harmonies. Like, ah! <laughs> and um, one of the coolest things that happened on that tour, and it was just a couple of dates, but it still like moved my heart so much because I really look up to Ben Folds. His writing is so honest yes, and quirky. Agreed. And I'm like, that's me. And so I, it, he really inspires me in my writing and him as a pianist, he's just insane. And that's when he released his concerto and he performed it live. It's, it's just nuts. You got to listen to it. Um, and there was one time where, and on this tour, I had hot pink hair the first time. And then my hair was like fading for the next show. And then it was purple and then it was blue. And so he was like, this is the best looking choir ever. And I was like, I brought a wig if you want me to wear a wig, you know, to cover this up. He's like, no, that's fine. And apparently there was somebody in the audience. I think this was in, in uh, Pittsburgh. Um, there was somebody in the audience who had never seen Ben Folds before, but they were coming with a friend. And she wrote, I guess she was a writer, a journalist, and she wrote an open letter to Ben Folds and to the girl with the purple hair. And she said that she watched me the whole night because of the way that I was looking at Ben and performing with Ben. And her love for Ben Folds grew through me. And the next show we had, I think it was like in Cleveland, Ohio, either Cleveland or Columbus. It was a sea town. It was a sea town. And we were at soundcheck with the whole orchestra. And Ben was like, hey, you, Priska, with the purple hair, this girl wrote this article about you. You want to read it? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I walk up and he hands me his phone and I'm reading this article on his phone about that. And it was a beautiful open letter. And I wrote a response and it was just a cool, it was a cool thing that let me know, again, another layer on top of what, what beautiful scenario was already happening was that I was, you know, it was being reconfirmed that I was where I was supposed to be yeah. and inspiring without even realizing it. And it's just beautiful. And I just feel like lucky. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes, yeah. it goes back to this. If we had gotten success earlier on in life, we wouldn't have appreciated it more. And now that, no, now that we're I don't older, think I would have. now that we're older and we've had the experiences that we've had and you've been a side, side, quote unquote, side guy, side girl, you know, background, whatever you want to call it. You've had these yeah. experiences that when the success does come, you're going to appreciate it so much more. It's going to fucking feel more genuine. Oh, yeah. You're not going to fuck it up. And it's going to be, there's going to be some longevity involved in that. Instead yeah. of just being something like these people that you've written for that like got shelved or had minor success and then just, and they faded off into nothing. And plus the shelf doesn't mean that it's never going to see the light of day again. There could, something can happen where, I was like, oh, hey, remember that song you were about that person a couple years ago? Like, can we hear that again? Or can we rework that so it sounds more modern? Like, I don't know. The, the work, I think that everything goes into the savings account. Yes. Every single song is part of my savings account. Every single experience, all those things, you know, they, they are valuable in some aspects, like how you're saying. So it's, it's all worth something, and it's worth something. No, it it, it is. And Talking to, I mean, this podcast, I mean, every once in a while I have one of my like more famous, you know, not that we're not famous, but like some of my more, you know, people that have more commercial success on here that literally have platinum records. Yeah. And I have them on here and I so love, we're, not, we're not famous. 
it's okay to say that. <laughs> but like, I mean, some people think we are. Some people think you know, we are, which right? Is really cool. We are. We are famous to some people. Yes, we are. And yes. and that is a very cool thing to know. And a lot of people dream about being, you know, in the positions that that you and I are and have been in. Yeah. So don't discredit it. But yeah, we're not famous. We're yeah. not worldwide. No. Right. But I've, yeah. I've had those people on, and I love talking to them. But the biggest thing is, I love having just your average blue collar hustling musician on here to talk about like yeah. what it is because we're the people and I've said this in another podcast we're the people that actually make the industry go you know you do have the people that are like the Kelly Clarksons and the and the you know um, you know the Chris Stapletons and all those people on the yeah. upper echelon of things that Taylor Swift yes they make a lot of money but the people that are the worker bees that are really making the business turn are people like us yeah you know yeah for sure and I am, and I am thankful for the good hearts who are at the top. And I just have to definitely say that you know the artists that I've worked with or shared the stage with have all been absolutely incredible and kind. And I'm like, I've always said that's part of it. Yeah, because you don't know, like, like isn't there saying like, be careful on the on the treating the people on the way up because they're the, the people that you're going to pass on the way back down. And whether the, the some of them, oh, are, like, you yeah. know, I don't know the exact quote. It's escaping me at the moment. But like, if you're coming back down and you were shitty to those people on the way up, they're just going to not even offer a hand. They're just going to let you fucking fall into. Oh, the right. But like, <laughs> uh, but obviously don't be kind just because you want them to offer a hand later. Right. Be kind because that's the fucking right thing to do. Right. Right. But yeah. You know, there will be times where you will cross paths with those, people again so just be dope like oh just be dope so new record i'm trying to think of something I'm like oh here we go like we crossed paths on twitch i think the first time that i saw you wasn't even by yourself i i put it in my intro Maybe with my, my friends and the risky biscuits. yeah you were you were risky biscuits and i just remember yeah. i we had rated them or just kept our eyes on them and i thought they were just just entertaining as all hell and so and entertaining so, so talented so talented so entertaining insane. and just so much fun and then the one time it came in and i'm like Wait a minute! I hear I hear a woman's voice, and and, and because who that girl? Who who that girl? So you know, and then all of a sudden, and it went on to you, and we're like, I'm like, who is this? You know, and it was, and it was, and it was you, and it's like, oh wow, man, you just you know, you raised the bar when you were in there. So I was like, thank you. Yeah, they call me the Green Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. At least they know, right? You know. Oh yeah, I've I've known them all for years too, and and they're so special to me, and they they definitely don't shy and telling me how important I am to them and to the stream. That's, 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 in, that's important. Uh, the podcast I did right before this, I had a young musician here from Syracuse and uh, he has a brother and his brother, he's like, I know that I don't have the X factor. He goes, I have the brains and I'm the one steering the ship, but the guy that really makes everything fucking happen and gives me, makes me look better is my brother, you know, cause they're that's du- cool to know. A duo. And he's like, you know, I know that. And I'm like, dude, that's, you know how important that is as a musician to know, you know your role, important. to know your Yes, yeah, not get in the way. Right. Yeah. If someone's shining, fucking let them shine. And it's only going to help the, the greater good of the thing because you and I both know yeah. musicians that do not do well when someone else has got the X factor as well or has more of an X factor. Yeah, I don't end up working with them. <laughs> it's hard, man, because I mean. It's but, so hard. I mean, I can have my patience for it, but ooh, yeah, it's been a minute since I worked with someone like that. But yeah. Yeah, I just it's humbling. It, it, yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. So you saw me on on their stream. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, and and then we did the deep dive, and then you started doing your own thing on Twitch. 
Just a reminder, the Just Joe podcast is brought to you by EJA Moving Services. Located out of Utica, Rome area, they helped move me a couple years ago. They were fantastic. Check them out, ejamoving.com at 315-335-0516. The Just Joe podcast is brought to you by the Royal Auto Group and Salesman Supreme, Jason Allen. He knows how to make a deal. Trust me, he's a good buddy of mine. I've seen him do it. You guys looking for something new, something pre-owned, something new to you? Take the short drive down 81 to Cortland, New York, to the Royal Auto Group. They have four different franchises there. They have Chevy, they have Buick, they have Nissan, they have Subaru, and they have many lenders for any credit situation. Their service is open for all your vehicle needs, as well as the state-of-the-art body shop. So stop down and see Jason today, theroyalautogroup.com, or find Jason on Facebook and tell him that Just Joe sent you. The Royal Auto Group, home of the no-hassle, razzle-dazzle, $400 referral fee. This is just a reminder that the Just Joe podcast is brought to you by Advantage Hardwood Floors Incorporated. 315-463-0674 for all your hardwood floor needs. Do you find, and I talked to this about anybody who I have on here that's also on Twitch, it's like performing on Twitch and performing in real life. Yes, you're singing and performing songs and doing that, but it is really apples and oranges <laughs> to me. It it's a completely is, different it is, monster. It is kiwis and a chicken sandwich. It is totally opposite. Yeah. It, it is totally different for me because, you know, when I'm performing live, uh, when I'm around physical people, there's an energy that every human being brings to the room. And that energy is so palpable. And I try to take that in as much as I can to put it back out through the music and give it back to them. You know, I'm very thankful for the energies that they're giving me that I can give back to them through the music and through the performance. And I'm feeling their energy. I'm looking them in their eyes. It's making me sing differently, perform differently. And I'm hearing their hoots and hollers, but I'm hearing their stories afterwards. But when it comes and the lights and the speakers and just, I don't know, the vibe is just there. But when, when I'm performing on Twitch and I'm so glad to be back on Twitch. Me too. I'm um, glad you're back. I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Yeah. It was a cool like moment to be on it for a couple months. And then, and then the real world world said it. And I was like, you know what? No, I need to balance Twitch with everything else. And yes. I'm going to make it a precedent. I'm going to make this my full time thing. Um, I got to choose me, you know, I'm constantly trying to do that. But when performing on Twitch, the, the beautiful thing about Twitch is it is a completely different world. And I'm, I'm able to read people's thoughts. Isn't it, I didn't think I had that kind of superpower, well, but Twitch has given me that superpower to be able to read their yeah, thoughts. Because for, for a while it was really hard to like read the vibe of a room, you know, like, cause I would always love to get to a gig early and sit there and some people like, why are you just sitting over in the corner? Why did you get here so earlier? Like, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Like before mm. a gig, you know, cause some people are like running around. I'm like, I'm just kind of taking, I'm in. taking it in because I got to figure out what I'm going to do for the next three hours. Cause you know, I'll play for three or four hours. I got to kind of, Ooh, gotta, that is a long time. Yeah. That's my normal gig. If I'm playing an IRL gig, it's three, four hours. So, oh wow. you know, so I got to, I got to soak this in and then I got to steer the ship. And when I first got the Twitch, I'm like, you know, obviously there was people that I knew that were watching me. So I kind of caught that. But then I'm like, as the thing started exponentially growing for me, I'm like, oh, my God, how do I how do I catch the same vibe? And you know what? I sometimes have a easier way of being able to catch the vibe 
in a room that I actually don't see anybody's faces or really? feel, feel feel any of their stuff. All of a sudden, I can start catching the vibe. Maybe because I know. My oh, community. I am the opposite. I, I am the opposite. That is so funny. No, I can. I now. I probably because I know my community because it's been two years and I've really gotten close yeah. with a lot of my community and I know that like the, yeah. what the vibe of the community can be. So I know yeah. how to kind of steer that and and. So that en- enables me. So when newer people come in, how to be able to bring them into my world without them literally being in my, in my room. Cause nine times yeah. out of time, unless my daughter's here, I'm the only person here, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. You know? So it's like, okay, how do you get yourself into that headspace? And uh, it's made me a better performer because now 100% now when I I agree with you streaming has made a better performance oh my god and now that I go out and play in public people are like man you're you're doing this different like not saying I mean imagine the hours the hours we put into it streaming yeah any amount of hours you put into something you're going to get exponentially better at it but if you were already good and you're already talented and you're already connected and you're already playing an instrument and then you're just deciding to do this on an online platform in order to create, keep an audience because of the pandemic, all of a sudden you're putting in hundreds and hundreds of hours. So of course you're going to get better. But when we actually feel that we're getting better and we're noticing we can hit certain notes, hold things out longer, yeah. um, when we're, we're not losing our focus or that euphoria, you know, we as artists like that, that's a lot for us to like, recognize and when we recognize that that means there's been a huge leap and we didn't you know notice it happening well we didn't because part of us were like we were just kind of struggling to survive or keep ourselves from going in a dark places because you know like yeah when i said oh god yeah i did last friday i performed at this little performing arts center up in this this small city not too far from syracuse up on up on lake ontario up on one of the great lakes and um and it was the first time that like I've been able to perform my originals all night. It was three we did songwriters nice. in the round. There was three people on stage. So one guy did a song. Do you dress like original shows for yourself? What's that? You don't do little shows for yourself? Not as often, no. They're 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 very okay. few. They're very once few every three or four months. Yeah. You got to do that in your own town. I do, I do. And I, and and the other night told me that. So we sat up there, one guy told the story, wrote a, or, and then played a song. And then another guy did that, and then me. And then we just went back and forth in the I round. I like that. I love and, the storytelling vibe. And, and then we, we got off stage, and then we all went back. We didn't go back up. We went individually and did a 15-minute set of our just of ourselves. And I was up there singing a lot of these songs. And during during COVID, during the pandemic, I... I I wrote a record, you know, I had some songs that were on the shelf and I pulled them off and then I wrote a bunch of other stuff and I released a record in COVID. And during the middle of this performance, I'm sitting there playing these songs and singing my ass off and having this experience because all of a sudden when I first started singing some of these songs, I was like, some of these songs have never been performed in public. I've played them wow. hundreds yeah. of times on Twitch. Okay. And, yeah. and obviously my Twitch community watched me, like, even when I was demoing songs, I'm like, Hey, I, like, I just wrote a song. Recently. Oh yeah. I'll do that. I'll you know, know, I was like, I'm gonna break the rules. I'm right. gonna break any kind of songwriting rules yeah, that I've got. Right. To get on. Yeah. So I've done that. But then I realized after I sang one of the newer songs, I had this, like, I almost broke down on stage because I'm like, I have to be honest with you. I've never played this in front of a live audience. Like I've done it on Twitch, yeah. but I didn't realize what it was like when I opened my eyes and I finished a song and 
You know when you did there something good when there's a there's a silence before there's any applause. Yes. You know, there's yes. that there's that moment you earn the silence as and, an artist. And and you pull off the keys and I open my eyes and everyone's kinda of looking at you like and then someone's like you get one clap and then the applause comes in and it's awkward at first, but then that's like, that's the best feedback ever instead of that roaring applause right away. So it was like, holy Cause they're just crap. saying in their mind, holy shit. Yeah. So I'm like, awesome. You know, like, okay, I'm on, I'm on to something here, but it was like, it was really different. And I was like, wow, man, a lot has changed in two fucking years. Uh, but it, yeah. made, it made me a better artist. And like, I'm just like, man, I'm like, I got, I see, the next five years of my career just being so different than I envisioned it even six months yeah. ago, two years ago, even when all this shit happened. Like, I mean, I'll disclose yeah, this. Even mine's different than six months ago. Like I want to create a more of a community than I have before. Instead <laughs> of just being like, Oh, you know, right. I don't know. I think maybe my, my ego has gotten in the way in the, in the, in the past as yeah. well. So. well and mine, yeah. mine was partly my ego and part, the other one was partly survival. Cause partly I had to play oh, those yeah. 300 shows a year just because I had to put money on the table and going through divorce and, you know, making sure that I have enough money for myself and supporting my child yeah. and all these things. Yeah. So it was really survival mode. And then during that survival mode, you know, I'm just going to go and play Don't Stop Believing and Piano Man, all these things, whatever I got to do to make the money and get out of the gig. And, and, um, and, you know, money gigs, that's what's yeah. going to like really fuck you up. Yeah. And, and they fucked me up for a money. while. But, so COVID was a blessing in that disguise. But, and I can disclose this now because by the time this podcast out, uh, will, it will be out in like, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks because it'll be a uh-huh. couple of weeks behind from when we're recording today is that oh. this magical thing happened inside of Twitch is like meeting people like you and all of a sudden having yeah. these other amazing opportunities. But last a uh, couple of weeks ago, I get a, just a random message from the people at Halo scene and you know, all of us in the Twitch world yeah. all know who Halo scene okay. they're, the biggest, yeah, they're, the, they're the biggest streamers on the uh, music streamers on the platform. They yeah, that, they've got everything figured out. Right, they got it they, and the big YouTube and all this shit. And I mean, I, we know who each other are, but we've never really had a conversation and they reached out and make a long story short. Uh, they haven't done like a tour in a long, long time. And they're like, we're, we're ready to go out and do some dates again. And, you know, short dates. Cause Brad, yeah. Brad Natty, uh, the husband and wife have have a child, so they you know they can't be away from home for very long. So They're like weekend runs, doing like two weeks at a time or something like that. You know, little things yeah. like that. So they they call me and I saw they announced a tour and stuff like that. I didn't think anything of it, and they call me and they're like, "Hey, would you do you want to come out on the road with us? Like we've already sold oh, out a bunch. Yeah. Of, already sold out a bunch of dates. You know, would you be able to do that? We know you're a dad. We know you have commitments and all that other shit. And I'm like, what? I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I thought you guys have all these other special guests. They're like, we do have other people that are, you know, vying for those spots, but we sat down as a band and we couldn't think of any more, anybody more perfect than having you. Oh, just I like, love that. I'm like, what? I love that for you. And like, I haven't, I haven't toured since 2008. It's been 14 fucking years since I was like, I spent the majority of the early parts of the 2000s doing nothing but touring. And now I've just been like more of a homebody, you know, musician. And now all of a sudden, Here's this opportunity came out of fucking nowhere. And, I love that. And I, I agreed to it. Are you going to do it solo? Yeah, I'm just going to open it as a solo yeah. 30 minute set, which is like to me, like, wow, I've only got to play 30 minutes. I could do that with my head, but I'm like, in the I sleep, love that. You know, and there's yeah. all these other yeah. things, but it's like, I'm so excited to do this. But like, here's something really cool that happened inside of the world of Twitch. And like, I just, from being nice and, 
doing my thing and just, and all of a sudden they took a shine to me and now we're going to do a yeah. bunch of shit together. And I'm looking so forward to working with them. You're, you know? you're authentically you. You're pushing for yourself and your goals and good shit happens yeah. when you're doing that. So, I mean, so, yeah, congrats on that. But that's, those are the things that all of a sudden, like I couldn't envisioned this a few months ago or like even here's the thing with you and I, like even when we think, okay, this is where, what life's going to be like for now, you know, that's cool. I'm, I'm down with this. It's a good way to make a living. And then as soon as you start getting going, then all of a sudden you get that email from Kelly Clarkson, you get a phone call from Ben Folds, you get a phone call from Halo C and I can go back and go and see some other things that happened in my life. And then the trajectory just completely changes. And you know, it's like at this point I've surrendered to it and I'm just like whatever let's let's go you know like yeah let's fucking go I'm open for whatever and looking up at the universe or God or whatever you believe in just be like all right I'm I'm done trying to think trying to figure this out I'm just gonna let it happen just go yeah exactly so I'm I'm super excited like and I'm sure you are too because God knows now that you're like back into the twitch world and you're gonna put your put your you know your eggs back in the basket and do that I mean you don't know. And you don't know what happens when this record comes out for you too. And right. I, and this, this record's going to live forever. You know what I mean? So the opportunities will be endless. And this record, it's the best. It's the best. I got to perform with my band and um, added a lot of strings and synths and all my ideas. I co-produced the whole entire album. My voice is on everything. This thing is just, it's the best thing that I've ever done. And there's only, only good things can come from uh, projects that you put your whole entire heart and energy into only good things. So I'm definitely very hopeful. And, you know, after I get some of this paperwork, right, I'm going to have a date. I'm going to be able to tell everybody when it's coming out. So, which is probably killing uh, you because you're just like, it's, it's, it, it's like anytime <laughs> I, re, I anytime I record something, I'm like, I just want to tell everybody about it. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you, dude, I know. You wait until it's like. I know. But, the paperwork is absolutely killing me. Like the contract, the lawyers, all this stuff. So uh, <laughs> getting this figured out. Well, is that, is that because of the people you had working with you before and you had to undo some red tape from before? Is that. Um, actually, no. Um, this is because I made a mistake as artists sometimes do and I didn't get paperwork before um, creating this album so I'm just kind of um, picking up some sticks that I've dropped along the way and making sure everybody's right and and, and making sure that everybody's happy so that's that's a big thing for me is making sure that um, everybody is respected who's been a part of it and moving forward to be able to release this record. Um, but it will happen. I'm not going to let it not happen. No, it's, and it's, one it's, really cool thing, which I, let's see, wait, when, when is it coming out in, in three weeks? What's that? This is coming out in three weeks, two weeks, three weeks. When is? About this podcast. Oh, this podcast. Um, okay. Yeah. So this week is off. Next week would be that it would be, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be, not this week, not next week, but the week after. So two two weeks, or is that three weeks? Okay. Yeah, maybe I could say, well, <clears throat> there, I don't know if I could say this one thing, but you know what? <laughs> but something cool is going to happen, you know? So some of these songs will live in, 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 in a couple different formats. 
Oh, right um, but I'll definitely be posting about it. <laughs> well, I mean, by the time so this comes out, this, so go check my Instagram, Hell Yeah Prisca, and then you'll see if I haven't asked something yet. Well, the, the, good, the good thing is, is when I post about this, I can put whatever links that we need because if the things are oh, happening yeah. that are happening, then we can put it up there. We may not be able to speak about it, but it'll also be like, hey, they're going to listen to it and they can go right into the socials and find the links anyway. So okay. so we have time. So when it does happen, we can do that without, you know, biting ourselves in the ass because yeah. granted you made some mistakes along, maybe mistakes or dropped some sticks along the way in the process and the front part of it. It's better that you're cleaning this shit up now than after the fact, because that oh, gets yeah, way sure. messier as we know, whether it's personally yeah, this, this or seeing is, other people. I'm doing it the right way. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. it the right way so that this album can live and breathe. Yeah. Because if not, that's when, that's when it gets more, that's more, that'll be the worst that that's worst case scenario. Like here, it's like, okay, we got to wait just a little bit longer because of this. That's fine. Because I would rather have yeah. the freedom on the other side to be able to oh, yeah. do what I need to do with this album. Yeah. It's you, just, would you, would you yeah. tour on this record or like, is Oh there, yeah. 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 Put it out there. Well, what I want to do right now is because of, um, a lot, because of the timeline is keeps getting pushed back. I can't, um, necessarily book and create a tour right now, but I want to. And music videos are at the forefront of, you know, the next steps as far as music living and breathing with a visual addition as well. Uh, that's cool because, I mean, isn't it weird that, like, for a long, long time, like, when MTV kind of died, like, people just stopped, stopped making videos because there was no way. Yeah. There was, there was, like, okay, why are we making, why are we spending all this money on videos? Whereas now it's, like, they're, they're probably as important as ever because it, no, you know, yeah. everything's so visual, Instagram, TikTok, uh, everything is so visual. Um, but then again, you can make these videos for pennies on the dollar compared to what they used to have to make them for back in the day. So, you know, and even if you don't put a, a video out with you in it, you get somebody to make a couple hundred dollar freaking nice looking visualizer or a, a lyric yeah. video or something like that. So you can do multiple things and just, let it let it roll, man, and see what the fuck happens, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad I got a chance to, <laughs> to speak with you on this on this my on my yeah, podcast. You were, you were on my list of like I'm like putting a list I put a list together a couple of weeks ago of all different people that I want to speak to and it was like fifty two people. And they're all, oh, you know, attainable. You. So it's like, all right, this yeah. pretty much plans out my entire year on some level. But then every once in a while, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about that person or somebody I crossed paths. Yeah. Like, hey, let's talk this week. So it was, it was kind of doing that because I like doing this podcast because one, it's it, that's kind of a, um, uh, a project isn't something that like makes me money, but it's something, a part of my brand. It's something I really enjoy doing. I would love this to become a money maker for me. You know, yeah, but it's, it's not, it's more or less letting my community. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. I mean, it's, I mean, people out there like, you know, like, you know, Joe Rogan was like, I just used to do this podcast for years before anyone ever paid attention. Now he's like the most important person. He became the most important person on the fucking planet there a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and he's like, dude, I never wanted to be this. This isn't what I set out yeah. to be. Holy shit. You know, leave me the fuck alone. I just want stupid shit. You know, like that's what, what happens. You never, you never fucking know what happens. But I mean, I like talking and I like talking about my journey. Like a lot of people cannot relate to what the worlds that we live in, you know, because it's, 
it's, we've just lived a different life than most, you know, uh, but it still fascinates people. And I think people like us that are the blue collar worker bees of this business. Dream chaser. Yeah, we're, we're chasing it. I like to showcase this because there's way more of us than they are of those other people that we spoke about earlier, you know, and um, I think so too. You know, yeah. And we're, we're the people like, um, you know, is Taylor Swift playing three fucking 300 shows a year? No. Adele playing 300 shows a year? No, none of those people no. play 300 shows a year. Or, uh, I mean, they're working hard, but not on the, not like. This is training us for yeah. some dope shit. Loading too. our gear, loading our own gear in and, and being, we're our, definitely, oh yeah, being our own merch oh guy, God. being our own, like, you know, I, t- I, one time me and my buddy, he lives in Charlotte and he, uh, he heals the unofficial world record for most gigs in a year. Like four hundred wow, ten gigs he did in one year. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, and they can't get them all verified to be in the Guinness because there's just there's so much paperwork. But he's got the unofficial, and uh, and he's had a very similar journey to me. He was in a like pretty decent heavy metal band, but he would come home off the road and, and, and like you know stop being heavy metal dude and go play a chicken wing bar and shit like that. And uh, he told me like one time him and I were on the phone and and we're like, all right, let's make a list of all the things that you and I actually do as a solo musician running our own business. Oh, like what, who, like as far as you being your own manager or doing the merch, manager, social media, roadie, freaking, uh, sound engineer, recording engineer. Like we're just naming off all these stuff. I mean, if you and I sat here, we would probably take, it took us like an hour and we had a list up about a hundred. I want to see that. list. I got got to remember, I put it up on social media once and I'm like, I I called him the other day. I'm like, dude, do you remember where that list is? He's like, no brother. And he's got, he's got, you know, he's got a wicked Southern accent and he's, so I'm just like, dude, we gotta find, you gotta find it because dude, we, we were laughing the entire time or or we have to start over again because there's been newer things to come along. Cause now all of of a sudden I'm a videographer. Now I'm a photographer. Now I'm a graphic designer. I'm I'm a graphic designer. (laughs) So we added all these things and it was literally a hat of like, I want to say like 50 or 60 different jobs that we have, you know, it's like, holy shit. We know how to do all this. No, but we don't think about that because this is what we do right you don't think about it you know right but at some point like people like you know on the upper echelon of the music industry literally have these many people working underneath them doing all these things (laughs) they do and then you and then you wonder like why am i paying 150 bucks for lawn seats for this fucking artist i'm like because they gotta pay these other these people that (laughs) that you and i are being all of them they have to pay all these fucking people somehow so either like you have to you have to pay the 150 fucking dollars or you don't see them i don't know what you i don't know what to tell you it costs a lot of fucking money to do what they do you know not to think about it that way but yeah you know so that that's what you have i would to love do. to be in the position to be able to <laughs> feed hundreds of families with oh. the work that like through my music like to, to put on a tour and to have just a machine under me yeah. and, and to know that families are uh, living comfortable because of my music and my dream. There's, there's, two, si- there's two sides to this and one's really happy that I'm going to point out mm-hmm. and the other one can be kind of dark. The one, um, let's talk about the happy. Happy one. first. Happy, <laughs> let's yeah. do the happy first. So you've happy seen, first, you've seen the, you've seen the pink, um, 
documentary that was done, I don't know, about a year or so ago, came out on Amazon, right? No, oh, I she, never saw the Pink oh my documentary. God, I love was, Pink. Um, so do I. First of all, I just absolutely adore her as a musician. And second of all, she's yeah. like, she's my celebrity crush. She's, she's so bold. My, she's my hall pass. Like if, any, if I'm ever with anybody, I'm like, listen, <laughs> if I ever get the opportunity to be with Pink, even just for one night, you have to let it happen. Okay. She's my hall pass. Pink, right? if you're listening, yeah, if you're, if you're you listening, would like to. Right, great. right. So. There's a documentary about her being on the road. It was that big, the last giant tour she did before, you know, the pandemic. If and you told her that she was your hall pass, she would fucking think you were the she, creepiest. She, she probably would. But it, the whole or thing is, like, That's cool, man. but she has right, her kids, she has her kids on the road with her. She has her husband who's basically yeah. retired from his career because he's like, well, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the dad. The game I'm, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to step away from, my career and he was very very successful in his career and in his own right made millions of dollars but he knows like he knows his role he's like my fuck i'm just gonna support my fucking amazing wife and be the dad but the crew that she has with her the band that has she has with her are the same people that she's had and she very rarely lets anybody new in so they're always oh, wow, eating together they're that. always traveling together it's just just giant family and it's exactly what you were you were saying and she loves it you know it's incredibly stressful but she loves it and there's this you know she can she can go to a concert. yeah she's at Wembley and her kids are running around fucking Wembley because there's people everybody on the crew knows her kids like oh it's okay we're they're all watching dream right um that's the fucking dream right so that, there. that's the dream but the dark side of this comes with someone like Chris Cornell and everyone's like how did Chris Cornell get to a, such a dark place where he would want to take his life and I'm like well he was being probably forced to be out on the road when he wasn't in the best mental state that he had to be. But, you know, you know, know, you know, he was in, you know, it's like the whole Pink Floyd, the wall album came because of that type of situation with Roger Waters. That was his concept where he just felt like he was being pushed out there because he's like, there's a machine that needs to make money and I don't feel good, but I got to go out and fucking perform and like, I don't feel it. And I feel like overdosing on drugs today. Well, you can't overdose. We're going to give you these other drugs. All right. You good. You know, can you stand up? I do believe it's working now. It's time to go to the show. You know, let's go, you know, and you get in this rabbit rabbit race. And I think, I mean, I'm only guessing from what I heard about Chris and, and and know about that Chris had struggled with mental illness up and off and on. But could you imagine the pressure that you have knowing that like, if he doesn't get up on stage that night, how many people aren't going to fucking eat that week? You know, you're not talking not only the guys in your band, the guys in your, the guys in your crew, the people, um, booking the tours, the people that are waiting at the venue that day, the, the, the venue operators, the, the freaking on one person. And, and that, that's the scary part of it. Like when you say that, you know, pink found a balance, but you have to be, my scary is like, Oh my God, what if I get into this position where, I feel like I have to, and I'm forcing myself into a situation where I don't want to be here because I know all these people are literally eating because of me, you know, and that's a tremendous amount of pressure. Well, across cross that bridge, but again, this goes back to what we're talking about all the suffering, quote unquote suffering or the, the dues that we're paying maybe will make us appreciate that more and be able to create the right team around us where we don't end up having to feel that situation where we're like, you know what? I, I can't, can't do this tour. I know there's millions of dollars on the fucking line, but like my mental health is way more important. I've seen some tours get canceled over the past year or so, or prior to this, 
and people yeah. just like, I'm sorry, but like, I'm just. Well, I also think that like with the way society is now, we're starting to shine a light on, yes. on mental health and its importance and, and our execution of our craft. Uh, and especially because the pandemic has brought so much light to, you know, real, real problems that us people have as humans. Yeah. And I like yeah. that it's more accepted for us to say, Hey, I need to take time off for my yeah. mental health. Yeah. I want to be my best for you and I wish that that was the case years ago because I, I mean, if it was I'm sure a lot of lives could have been saved right I mean there'd probably be a bunch of artists that like why isn't what would have happened at that person didn't die and well they died because of this tremendous amount of pressure you know or all these things yeah. that they, they just weren't a fucking equipped because they didn't come from a let's face it most a lot of musicians don't come from the most loving of backgrounds the reason why they are so amazing yeah musicians is because they made this escapist world to get away from this really shitty childhood or situations they were in with their I teens. I didn't tell you that about me. What's that? <laughs> I I didn't tell you that about me. You didn't, <laughs> but you yeah. didn't, but you alluded, there was There's some things, totally, there, was yeah. par, there was totally parts in your story that you alluded to that uh, we don't have to go down, but you already, you already said it and I listened, you know, yeah. but uh, you yeah. make these escapist worlds so that when you do get the success, one, you're not used to being able to have any kind of money and and all of a sudden you have all the money in the fucking world and you don't know what to do with it. You have all this attention and people that want to be around you. you, Right. Right. And you were a loner most of your life and no one wanted to hang out with you because you were the fucking weird kid. Right. And, um, (laughs) this is a generalization. Okay. I know. It's a generalization, but you know, I had no friends in the fifth grade. It was horrible. And I, and I drank milk from a bag. I have no friends. Yeah, it's, see, the, the, and this is what this is what ends up happening. You ever drink cool, bag milk? No, I've never drank bag milk. No, uh, I, I know it's, I, I know it's a like thing, that. but I, I also grew up with parents who grew up on a dairy farm. Like my parents were dairy farmers growing up, and I oh, so like yeah, I never had to drink milk from a bag because we could just go to the <laughs> fucking cow and get milk ourselves. You know, well, it doesn't get you a lot of friends when you drink milk out of a bag. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm sure, but um, but the other thing on the other side of Twitch, and it kind of ties into this. There's two things that have happened during this pandemic, and then we're not going to talk about the actual COVID side of it. Um, the one thing that we're going to feel that when we're coming out of this is like there's a residual effect of the mental health aspect because I think a lot of people like really really suffered the past couple fucking years and yeah. I think we're going to see that once we get back to somewhat normal or whatever the big fuck time. it is. Gonna... No, we, we definitely think there's a lot of suffering that happens um, uh, especially with creatives and stuff too and you know unfortunately a lot of people don't uh, want to hear the excuses yeah. of the pandemic being a reason why something hasn't worked out you're like I'm sorry but a fucking pandemic happened. So Sorry, a pandemic happened, bro. Um, but as yeah. you and I both know, inside the Twitch world, and I say this, and this is very, this is one of the things I absolutely love about Twitch. Yeah, there's obviously negative trolls and people that are shitty in there, just like anywhere else on the internet. But there's this underlying factor among Ooh, Twitch about barely. mental health awareness and support, and like it is, yeah. like we embrace it. It is a loving Twitch. community. Absolutely. It is. I mean, I have people that have come into my, yeah, I've had people come into my stream just like, I'm, I'm not doing all right now. And like, you know, I'm feeling that. And like one of my moderators or somebody else from the community will jump out and be like, Hey, jump over into discord. I just sent you a whisper, like, come over. Like, what do you need? 
You're like, or yeah, what, what do we need? Yeah. Like, hey, can I play you a song? Can I do something for you? And we bring them in and they're welcoming because and like, how often would you do that in, in a bar? Like, hey, I, I really need help and stuff like that. And everyone's like, who is this fucking person? They're losing their fucking mind. Like, and they'll just not pay attention to them. You know, whereas in Twitch, yeah. like it's so much. So I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things inside of that. You're not, you're not, you're not uh, uh, limited by the way someone looks or how old yes. they are or what they do for a living or what they're wearing. Nope. Like you just have a screen name yep. and you're human and you're equals and you're coming yep. into this thing. As, That's what I said. As, I, I don't you know. know I don't know if you're, system. I don't know if you're black, white, I don't know what color you are. I don't know where you're from. I don't know which language you speak. I don't know anything about don't you. Don't know if you have legs or not. We don't, we, don't, we don't know. Let's like fucking hang out. And right in here, we're all the same. Yeah. And, I don't, and you don't have any preconceived notions of anybody. You can you can you, you can just yeah. be and I, an equalness. I, I definitely love people. And this has made me love people even more. I agree. But it's also, it's also, it's also made me, I wouldn't say hate, hate's a strong word, but it's also made me like, I'm a little jaded because I, I, I also see people for who they are now. And I'm like, there's very beautiful mm. people and there's some people. And then I don't even get mad at those people anymore. Like part of me, like, no. how, do you, how do you be so fucking mean to people? And I'm just like, oh my God, they're suffering. These people are fucking suffering. This is That's what- the thing. Yeah. So like, I actually, I tell my moderators to not ban anybody that comes in and says weird shit. Unless they're like, they're like being like super like odd and sexual. But like, if they're like kind of trolling, I've got a rule that like, I'm the only one who can say when someone gets banned because right. a lot of the trolls come in and they are hurting. Yeah. And so I'll, you know, be like, Oh, you know, like, I know you said this thing, but it's cool. Like, I know I look a certain way or I know I've got this, but just stick around. Like I'm right. a place on you probably like it. You know? And then right. eventually they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I've had a bad day or yeah. I really like this. Can I come back tomorrow? Is that okay? And we're like, yeah, just yeah. don't be a dick. We, we've, we've had that. And we usually give a lot of people a lot of chances, but I will say this as you grow and you start getting in, into the, the, you will, you will have to relinquish some of that control. I'm going to let you, oh, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want okay. to, you're okay, <laughs> okay with, with it now, but yeah. eventually man, there's shit that's happening and it's happening so fast. I can't stay on top of it. And it can go, it can go <laughs> yeah. really sideways, you know, and yeah. especially cause my, my next goal in Twitch is like, now you get partnered and the next thing you can really get inside of there is ambassadorship and like, you become a Twitch ambassador. Oh, you know? wow. That's and, beautiful. And, and that's, and that's, um, you know, um, Halo scenes, Twitch ambassador and stuff like that. It really means like, man, you're just bleeding purple and you're doing certain stuff. So like there's certain guidelines, but, but at the same time, man, there's a lot of time we'll give, we'll give everybody the, unless something they're doing shit, something shitty right out of the gate, you know, we get rid of a lot of times we're like, Hey man, and as a girl, like I'll get people saying, and it's very known that like, okay, that's an immediate fan or whatever. But like if someone's just having a bad day, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for the, the women Sometimes Man, it is not, but mostly I'll get it on when I'm, when I'm streaming with risky biscuit, people will say a lot more shit rather than if I'm playing by myself. Yeah. If I'm with, if I'm in there with a, with, you know, with all my, with all my guys, well, your boys, like, yeah. you know, it's, it, you know, but my, but my guys protect me for sure. But like people will just think that they can freely say whatever they want. And you're like, man, like don't ruin the vibe. Yeah, but, you ruin the vibe, but like they're really going to, they're going to bark up that tree when you got four barking dogs that are literally going to attack right. this guy. I know. Like, like, dude, you, not, are you that stupid? The like, <laughs> these are my brothers right here. They will like go to the end of the yes, earth, they will. like protecting me. Yes, they so, will. Yeah. But I, I got to make it down to Atlanta at some point for sure. I have friends, Please. I have friends down there. My when buddy, you do, 
do, we'll arrange a show for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll do a show together. Well, my, 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 my best friend's son, who's also one of my best friends, he runs the Roxy. Oh, I like the Roxy. Well, yeah. it's now called the Buckhead Theater. Yes, and you know, but that's that's his club. He was he works for Live Nation. He started up in Minneapolis, and then he ended up in Madison, and then he got promoted, and he's been down in Atlanta, and he was running a couple of different venues for a little while. Now he's just the Roxy guy. He is the production. Oh, that's really awesome. So yeah, you know, like we that. I have a ton of, and plus I have a ton of other friends down there, and ATL is. ATL is just a fucking cool place. Even though every time we fucking played Atlanta, every time, why was it in the middle of the fucking hottest time of year? Every tour. Dude, just don't come in August or July. Like, stop. Uh, uh, we did that. But I mean, even there's other times we came through in like May. We're like, all right, well, it shouldn't be that bad. Or March. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't come through from May to <laughs> September. God, we used to. And the majority of the time that we ever played in Atlanta, we always played. And I know there's, it, I know it's not, the original place isn't there. And there's a newer place. In Masquerade. Wisconsin. Masquerade. We, I, must, yeah. I probably played the Masquerade 15 fucking times. I lived there, man. <laughs> yeah, and we played every we played every we played heaven, hell, purgatory, friggin' whatever else yeah. in there. I've had yeah. uh, that could be another podcast. I had my friend on here, and we talked about we talked about uh, talked about that club, and I'm like, man, that club is so cool. Now it's just different now. You know what I mean? It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. So. I, I've had some experiences in there that, like, I'm so glad Instagram didn't exist back then. You know. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah. all right. Well, that's a, a good yeah, wrap it up point. Yeah. You come to Atlanta, I'll come up to New York. We yes. got to do a yeah, lot we, of stuff. We have to. We have to. We for sure. So, um, but when this comes out, before this comes out, make sure we'll we'll obviously keep connecting, and and we'll, hopefully you'll have all the news together, and we'll be able yeah. to put some links and all that stuff, and and I'll put a link to yeah. Your, I'm going to know more and stuff within the next month. Yeah, within the next month I'll have dates and everything ready. I'm so, so yeah. I'm so excited for you, and like I said, I'm like it kind of blew my mind. Like what? Wait a minute, you don't have multiple records out? You're like what? <laughs> How is this? Well, possible? I do have a Spotify playlist on my artist playlist that it's called Pend by. And there's like a shit ton of songs in there that I've written for other people or performed on or were a part of. So I've got that on there. But yeah, I haven't had a JP record yet. I do have a live EP that I released uh, the first year of the pandemic. Uh, and I had recorded it in front of a live audience right before the pandemic hit. So I was able to release that. It was going to be a soft release while I toured on the new record. But we were like, oh, we can't release anything right now. So let, let's... I can't release the record, so might as well release this, this um, you know, five-song, six-song EP of songs that are live. So you can listen to that, and there I've got YouTube videos of me performing live as well, and I've got um, yeah. singles that I released over the years that I've made music videos for, my song Skin, my song Robot Boy. There's like Robot a Boy. lot of shit. Robot Boy. We didn't uh, even talk about that. We'll have to have a part two, because we have to talk about the whole thing with Robot Boy and, and Jimmy uh, Fallon, too. Fallon. So, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I'll put, a, I'll, I'll put I'll a link to the clip. So it's funny. so funny. You say my name wrong, too, man. There's how do you say how do you say your last name i don't think i've ever even said your last name oh i don't use it okay well fine then i'm not gonna fucking put it in there i'm just gonna say prisca. <laughs> I, it's just prisca and right. i use it in Period. all caps Period. It's all caps all right. that, that's the way it'll be and then uh kelly Clarkson called me prisco jimmy fallon called me prisca prisca i'm like no there's gonna be a moment where no one's gonna question what my fucking name is called <laughs> people are gonna be correcting other people fucking on how prisca. to say my name <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change my name to fucking Prisca. Fucking Prisca. All right. Babe, thank you so uh, much for being on. I appreciate you. Thank you. And if you're listening to my stuff or watching my stuff, 
of priscamusic.net. You got uh, it. Instagram is hell yeah, Prisca. And my Twitch is Prisca Creates. And I'm on every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yes, you are. All right. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See, that's why I'm like... What a cool, these are cool journeys. These are the things that I want to talk about. I said this last week with Tommy, you know, at the end of Tommy's episode is that like, I, I really just love these stories because these are the more common stories that you hear. I mean, all of us hear about the sex, drugs and rock and roll and the Nikki sixes telling his story, but like, let's get into the stories of like what it's like just to be the working musician. And like all of us almost here are these little moments that we have because it's, it's people like us and people like Prisca that like this is, these are the stories that you really hear, you know, and they're, they're just so genuine and you really go check her out. She's a monster, monster player, monster singer, monster writer. Um, I have, I have no doubt that this new record and everything that's going to come in 2022 is going to finally um, put her into a, you know, a different lane on the highway. Let's put it that way. I mean, I hope for super success, like all of us. I want us all to have super successful careers, but I have a feeling there's going to be something magical about this new album for her, and it's and it's about time. So make sure you check out all the links. We're going to have all this, and you know, and and and, and once I follow the follow these people, follow their journey. Um, it's fun. So again, shout outs to my sponsors, EJA moving and storage. They offer storage. Now, uh, you know, you guys have you running out of room in your house. So you just got to put some stuff, EJA moving and storage, click on the links for their information, Charlie and advantage hardwood floors. And of course, Jason Allen down at the Royal auto group tax season is coming. You're getting your, your tax refunds back. You want to get yourself something new, something new to you. Go down and see Jason at the Royal auto group in Cortland, New York. Anybody else you guys want to, uh, you want to advertise with me? Let me know. You can be on this podcast as well. Huge shout outs to Cody Mack, Josh, and everybody else. Of course, for listening. I'll see you next week. Yeah!